This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader the station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. Hour number two of The Rob Carson Show right ahead. And we have got uh, a lot of stuff to get to, including actor Kevin Sorbo is going to join us at the uh, bottom of the hour. Talk a little bit about Woke Hollywood and how Woke Hollywood is kind of doing a face plant. Disney, I don't know if you've heard this, Disney is way down. Uh, Disney is being uh, dramatically impacted. Disney streaming, Disney movies, the uh, Buzz Lightyear movie. They got rid of uh, of uh, Tim Allen. He was the voice guy, and because he's conservative, they got rid of his TV show, and they got rid of him as a uh, voice of uh, Buzz Lightyear, and it did a face plant. The new uh, Little Mermaid. I don't know. I didn't watch The Little Mermaid. My kids aren't toddlers anymore, and it would be really weird if I watched The Little Mermaid as an adult. <laughs> Hey, honey, let's watch the new Little Mermaid live action tonight. So anyway, Kevin's going to join us at the the bottom of the hour. Just a point of personal privilege. um, This morning, I'm uh, doing some things around the house and uh, sliced the tip of my index finger on my right hand uh, pretty badly. Um, my, my wife buried uh, this this thing that I have in the kitchen. It's called a mandolin. And I'm, I'm an avid cook, by the way. Uh, and I love to cook. And I've got about 100 cooking videos on the web. And last night I did a, del- a wonderful pizza with, uh, are you ready for this? Corn. I uh, got some corn on the cob that I had and some chicken and some tomatoes. And I made that. But I was in the drawer and my wife put the mandolin in with a bunch of bowls. And, uh, yeah, I took a big hunk out of the uh, finger. So I decided not to go to the doctor this morning. And uh, the only thing that bothers me is it's a little hard to type. A little bit hard to type with the uh, with the index finger, <laughs> but 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 I'm uh, but I'm feeling good otherwise. And uh, we'll be doing some cooking this weekend. Uh, make sure to check out my social media, by the way. Um, I'm dropping the uh, the blue check thing on Twitter because they've got somebody in charge of content. It looks like Twitter is going to turn left again, and I'm going to be dropping that. And I can tell that a lot of my posts on Twitter are already being limited dramatically. The reach is being dr- limited dramatically. I've never been really able to grow the Twitter following as much as I'd like. Um, Facebook, I give gave up on. I post things on it, you know, occasionally. Um, I do a lot of Getter, a lot of True Social, a little bit of Rumble. You know, whatever I can do. Uh, don't even bother with YouTube anymore. YouTube is a joke. So uh, I don't do any of those. But if you, you, you want to see some of it, I on all of my social media, I post not only politics, but food. And uh, they're all pretty much now. I changed the Twitter to Rob Carson Show. So uh, that's coming up, um, and you can you can check it on Twitter. Everything's pretty much under Rob Carson's show, uh, including uh, Getter, Truth, Facebook, and well, no, Facebook isn't because they killed my page. They just destroyed it uh, because of you know election politics and all that. But Rob Carson's show is where it is. All right, um, you know we uh, Mitch uh, McConnell yesterday froze up for the second time. 30 seconds in front of a crowd. Normally people would say, uh, wow, maybe this guy's not able to be a senator of the United States. Uh, he's going to try and, uh, and make this disappear. I'm not going to. Jim Gossett isn't going to. Here's an introspective look. Sung by Mitch. My brain no longer is my friend. 
Folks say that this could be the end. It should be the end of your career. My condition, I'm not hiding. I'm as senile as Joe Biden. Ask me a question and you'll get a blank stare from Mitch. And all you'll hear is the sound of silence. Maybe a little drooling. They're all asking me to go. But what about Feinstein and Joe? Millions of free care. Don't care. I won't quit until they do. Just say I. Okay. Just I. Better money should resign to Of the inflation Until then get used to my response Where all you'll get Is the sound Of silence You know, that's uh, almost as good as Disturbed's version of Sound of Silence and you should be disturbed by uh, by Mitch McConnell still being uh, the minority leader of the Senate. My, my wife wakes up every morning to that song. By the way, that's her. Uh, that's the song that she chooses to listen to when she wakes up. Is the alarm is uh, Disturbed's version of Sound of Silence because it's really good. Yeah, I mean, it's he starts off really uh, you know slow and and then he just he has this rock voice and it's it's one of the best covers ever ever ever. But uh, Mitch McConnell. Uh, a lot of people are saying <laughs> and should that, you know, you should resign. You should resign. Ron DeSantis, I didn't get a chance to play this. Uh, Hurricane Adelia is uh, is coming through. Uh, it's been downgraded to a, what, a Cat 3 tropical storm, a lot of flooding, a lot of storm surge, all of that. Two people have died so far in the storm. Uh, they were car crashes early Wednesday that were attributed to the weather conditions, one in Gainesville, one in Pasco County, north of Tampa. So uh, that's going on. There will be damage. The, uh, the, uh, the American people are going are gonna to do what they can. Don't forget that 1,000 people uh, could be dead in Maui. And uh, Joe Biden has already sent a $730 check to every household. But Ron DeSantis, and this was refreshing to see yesterday as a governor, regardless of whether you support him as a presidential candidate or not, this is the way you govern. And yesterday he basically said that if you want to take advantage of the situation, like so many did during the summer of 2020 when there were riots and they looted, and they still are looting in places like uh, L.A., San Francisco, uh, Chicago, and on and on and on. Ron DeSantis said, basically, uh, you loot, we will shoot. told all of our personnel at the state level, you know, you, you protect people's property and, and we are not going to tolerate any looting in the aftermath of a natural disaster. I mean, it's just ridiculous that you would try to do something like that on the heels of an almost category four hurricane hitting this community. I'd also just remind potential looters that people, you never know what you're walking into. People have a right to defend their property. Oh my God. Uh, this part of Florida, you got a lot of advocates and some proponents of the second amendment. And I've seen signs in different people's yards in the past after these disasters. And I would say it's probably here. You loot, we shoot. You never know what's behind that door. If you go break into somebody's house and you're trying to loot, uh, these are people that are going to be able to defend themselves and their families. So, so I would not do it. Uh, we are going to hold you accountable from a law enforcement perspective at a minimum, and it could even be worse than that 
depending on what's behind that door. So let's all band together and lift people up and not try to take advantage of a difficult situation. Meanwhile, in places like San Francisco, if somebody breaks into your home and you shoot them to save your life, you're the one who's going to be persecuted. You're the one who's going to be prosecuted. You're the one who's going to be jailed. If you're a convenience store worker who tries to protect yourself and you stab a thug whose girlfriend just tried to stab you like they did in New York, they'll put you in Rikers Island for a while. So uh, good for you. Good for you, Ron. Good for you, Governor. I appreciate that. Merrick Garland, this is, a, this is a new headline you may or may not have heard. Um, you uh, may recall that uh, uh, Gary Shapley uh, appeared before Congress. He was one of those whistleblowers who uh, blew up the uh, IRS, saying that the IRS had covered up the investigation into Hunter Biden's illegality. Right? Remember that? Well, this new headline, Merrick Garland, uh, underling, contacted the IRS whistleblower Gary Shapley to discuss his Hunter Biden allegations before he testified, then immediately struck a sweetheart deal with the president's son. Listen to this. Emails and interviews with whistleblower Gary Shapley's legal team reveal DOJ officials appeared concerned about his claims of slow rolling of Hunter Biden's probe, which, wow, what a visual. Um, uh, Shapley's attorney, Mark Lytle, told the Daily Mail he later briefed Associate Deputy Attorney General Brad Weinsheimer. Not Weisenheimer. You'd think it'd be Weisenheimer. It's not. It's Weisheimer. Uh, and uh, about the case in April, in a phone call. And Weisenheimer, he acted really interested in everything. But you know what happened after that? Weisenheimer went straight to Hunter's then lead lawyer, Chris Clark, top Delaware prosecutor, David Weiss, and dropped his inquiry. Yeah. Yeah, Merrick Garland is in on this, guys. So top Justice Department officials meddled in the criminal investigation into Hunter Biden and showed favoritism toward Hunter Biden. Attorneys for Gary Shapley revealed a top justice official approached him saying he wanted to investigate Shapley's claims before his testimony. And, and remember, you know, he, he testified and he showed that they slow rolled the investigation in Hunter Biden. So that was they they were doing. And so this, this Bradley Weinsheimer immediately met with Hunter's lawyers and his Delaware prosecutor, presumably to say, hey, man, you got to come up with something because these guys are going to testify on Wednesday. They're going to testify on Wednesday. And then on the following Friday, they struck a sweetheart deal uh, with the president's son for blanket immunity and no jail. <laughs> That's how it works out. So the, the lawyer said Weinsheimer at first appeared eager to get to the bottom of Shapley's allegations that the Delaware prosecutor David Weiss team shut down lines of inquiry involving Joe Biden, uh, leaked information to Hunter's lawyers, and then uh, let the statute of limitations run out for Hunter's uh, felony tax crimes uh, after their five-year probe. So basically they acted very interested in it. Uh, very, so in, in two short weeks, Weinsheimer went from expressing an interest in the claims of wrongdoing by the IRS whistleblower to dismissing the claims of retaliation when the IRS agents were pulled off the case. So Lytle said that after getting information from him, Weinsheimer uh, had a secret meeting the next day uh, with Weiss, who is now in charge of the investigation, which is a joke, and Hunter's lead lawyer, Chris Clark, and basically, they came up with a plea deal after they found out what Gary Shapley knew. 
They acted interest. Hey, man, call me. I want to know about this. Really, this is interesting. Immediately left, went to Hunter Biden's attorney, went to David Weiss and said, dudes, they got some serious stuff on us. We got to come up with a sweetheart deal and present it to the, uh, the magistrate in charge of the case. And fortunately, the person in charge of the case or the, the judge in charge of the case said, this doesn't seem right, so we're going to toss it. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, this is Miranda Devine. No, actually, I don't want to play that right now. I don't want to play that right now. But that's what we're, that's what we're up against. So uh, on top of everything else that we've seen with regard to uh, Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, they literally went to Gary Shapley, the guy who, who, uh, they, who broke open this entire case, went back to Weiss. Weiss knew about this because of Shapley, realized that there was all sorts of bleep about to hit the fan, and came up with a plea deal where they cleared Hunter Biden of everything. This Justice Department, Merrick Garland, David Weiss, and you know that Merrick Garland was involved in this. Uh, this Justice Department is, uh, they are thick as thieves. And while they're doing all of that, uh, while they're doing all of that, they're going after Donald Trump. And uh, there's a lot of things with regard to uh, uh, Donald Trump I'm going to get to. Here's the number, guys. It is 800-922-6680. I've got some, uh, some audio. Uh, you remember Harrison Floyd? He was the, uh, one of the Trump co-defendants in the Atlanta case. He's the black guy who was the only one denied bail. <laughs> you know, he talked last night with Steve Bannon, and I think you're going to enjoy what he has to say. Uh, and then we've got a lot of other things coming up. The number here is 800-922-6680. As I said, this is The Rob Carson Show. Did you watch uh, Newsmax last night? Uh, Newsmax president, CEO, the man who built it, Chris Ruddy, was on uh, Rob Schmidt's show last night. And uh, uh, one of the remarkable things in the last year, Newsmax ratings have gone up uh, about 74% altogether. Uh, Fox is down around 18 19%. I, I still watch a little bit of Fox because I like Greg Gutfeld, um, a little bit of uh, uh, Jesse Waters, but uh, otherwise, you know, pretty much done with them. Um, he noticed that, uh, and, and Mr. Ruddy, uh, he said yesterday that... Um, he believed that uh, Fox was going to have to pivot back toward uh, not being so anti-Trump. Um, we will see. We will see. Uh, Newsmax uh, does not take a position necessarily on the election. I do believe that uh, most probably, and I, I don't want to speak for anybody, I would say most understand the election that's going on now, how different it is. I won't try to presume any of them are going to vote a specific way, but uh, but definitely we, we they don't have a, uh, a vendetta against Trump, and it, it kind of seems like Fox does. Uh, also, by the way, uh, of the many shows, and, and many shows on, uh, on Newsmax have gone through the ceiling, but Rob Schmidt's show has gone up 75% in the last uh, year, which, if you are... I think it is a gauge of, and this is only a, a, a it's not really a microcosm because it's growing pretty dramatically, but uh, a, um, well, maybe it is a microcosm of where the American people are with regard to trust. And people just don't trust the, uh, the liberal media anymore. Uh, ABC, CBS, NBC, they don't hold the sway they used to. They act like they do. 
but they uh, but they don't. And and it's kind of interesting because uh, they are all saying that um, uh, you know Joe Biden is uh, there's no evidence that Joe Biden did anything wrong, and that Donald Trump all of these indictments are perfectly fine because he's you know crooked as as hell, ignoring the fact that this is historical, ignoring the fact that the first uh, impeachment was a sham to cover up a Joe Biden and his illegality, uh, and that, that all four of these indictments have come down at the exact same time, and, and they are even have, they have the hubris, these, these uh, prosecutors have the hubris to do them all right before major campaign events, like the D.C. trial uh, before Super Tuesday, the Monday before Super Tuesday. So there is a real avid effort uh, done by Jim Jordan and others to uh, to show that this is collusion and conspiracy, and I hope that will kill all of this. But uh, but who knows? And and despite the media all saying that Donald Trump is going to go, you know, he's going to be put in jail and all this, well, the voters aren't buying it. Strong majority of voters believe President uh, Joe Biden played a role in indicting former President Donald Trump. McLaughlin and Associates say 60% said he had a role in the indictments. 29% said he had no role. 11% said they didn't know. 60% say he had a role. 29% said uh, no role. And 11 didn't know. So 71% say either uh, he had a role or he could have had a role. That's pretty remarkable. Uh, and independence, 55% also said had, Biden had a role in indicting his political rival. 31%, he, he said it was a major role. 24% said it was a minor role. So it, it is remarkable that this is, uh, this is cutting through, that people are getting it. And that's why I'm optimistic that uh, all of this is going to go nowhere. Um, yesterday, one of the, uh, the supposed co-conspirators, the only, uh, the only uh, black guy who was being indicted with Donald Trump in Atlanta, uh, got out of jail. His name is Harrison Floyd. And, uh, and he spoke yesterday with Steve Bannon about getting out of jail. And the, the cool thing about this, these people like Jenna Ellison, they're facing... Many of them don't have any money. I mean, this guy didn't have any money to get out of jail and post bond. But they are not afraid, and they're not going to be shut up by this. Listen to Harrison Floyd. He's now out of incarceration. Harrison, uh, the first question is, why is it taking so long for you to get out of jail, sir? Uh, state of Georgia, and I'm a black man. Whoa. I don't know if I can say much more. Wow. Why, why are you even part of this? To keep it frank and simple, Fulton County fumbled the cover-up, and uh, I am aware of what transpired, and they're trying to put pressure on me and others to uh, make sure that the truth doesn't come out, but the truth always has a way of finding its way to the surface, sir, so it's going to be, I'm looking forward to being down here and fighting the devil in Georgia. Fighting the devil in Georgia is a little more from Harrison Floyd. Part of it, uh, you know, part of the black culture is always voting Democrat. I went against the code, if you will, at the highest order. And so uh, the district attorney decided she wanted to send me uh, what we call as a Negro wake-up call. <laughs> and um, she dialed the wrong number because it didn't go through. So we're going to wow. make an announcement here soon at the courthouse steps. And uh, it's going to be pretty exciting. All right, we will see. And by the way, that mugshot really resonated with the black community. There's a uh, rapper who came up with an AI 
rap song featuring Donald Trump, and it sounds like, I mean, it sounds like a rap song that Donald Trump is speaking the lingo and everything, and it's number two on the hip-hop charts. Number two on the hip-hop charts. All right, that's coming up. Also, Kevin Sorbo, next. Don't go anywhere. Thursday edition of the Rob Carson Show. The Kevin Sorbo joins us on the Newsmax Hotline. How are you doing today, sir? I'm just like Ohio State. I like the the part, the Kevin Sorbo. I'm going to start using that. <laughs> so what you got going this weekend? Anything fun? Uh, you know, just a lot of stuff going on. I got a book opening uh, coming out tomorrow, and then I've got a movie that I'm doing promotion coming out in October, and just staying really busy with a lot of PR right now. I'm glad be, uh, you guys are letting me come on Newsmax here. Brother, you don't even need to do, uh, you know, we're glad to have you any time because, I mean, I've, I've known your story. I lived in Minneapolis. I did the morning show at KS95 a long time ago, and, uh, and I know you're a Minneapolis or you're a, you're a Minnesota native. Uh, so, you know, I, I feel connection there. And also you have a firebrand wife who is always a great guest, by the way. She's unbelievable. She's a firecracker. But you've got a new book, and, and, uh, and I think this is interesting. Uh, it's called True Faith, uh, Embracing Adversary and, and Adversity to Live in God's Light. I believe, and I, I, I would like to know your thoughts. I, I think we've gone beyond Democrat Republican with regard to what's going on in the world, the United States, and around the world. To what I do believe is a, a battle of good and evil. If you look what uh, part of the Democrat Party, not all Democrats, but a good share of the Democratic Party believes in, transitioning children to uh, the other gender, teaching CRT, all of this stuff. There's no explanation other than evil on that stuff and i and i'd like to hear your thoughts and then i want to hear because another thing you talk about in the book is miracles i know i had one but let's start with that what do you think about what's going on in the world right now well it's insane but i, I gotta tell you i'm here to put put my new child's book out there the book you just brought up came out a couple of years ago <laughs> well i'm just looking at your website bro <laughs> I, I'm, hap I'm happy to talk about uh, true faith which is a fault of my book true strength but no i'm with i'm with the brave book family now the same books that uh they went, they went crazy because of Kirk Cameron's reading them in libraries, where they'd rather have transgenders reading the kids in libraries, apparently. So they gave well, them a hard time for that. But wait till, wait till this book comes up. This book well, let's, deals with embracing masculinity instead of the emasculation of, of men and, or boys that we've been doing for decades. And it's only gotten worse. This book is well, I, I, I apologize for that. I got, I got a press release that said something else, and I apologize. And that's, a, that's even bigger, actually. But, but let's, um, uh, obviously, there are a lot of things happening on with the, uh, the war on masculinity, uh, and, and it kind of uh, goes into uh, men becoming women, competing with women, and all of that stuff. Uh, is that covered in the new book? No, the new book, new book is aimed at kids. It's about being boys being boys. Let boys be boys. Let them grow up being boys. Let them grow up to be strong men because it's crazy what we're doing. My whole deal is I'm trying to make Hollywood manly again, you know, because yes. You, yes. you see the movies they're putting out there, you know, and it, it's crazy. When I say, you know, you look at movies like Barbie. Barbie, you know, making a lot of money. But what does Barbie talk about? Talks about that women don't need men. Men are a bunch of wimps, and women are the big heroes of the world, and that's what Hollywood does in most of their movies now. Women are the big tough guys. But I love the fact that you got some other uh, manly actors out there like Taylor Kitsch and uh, Mark Wahlberg that are saying enough of this woke stuff in Hollywood. Enough of it. We're, we've had it. How is Mark... 
How is Mark Wahlberg? I mean, he's been able to uh, he's been able to be openly Christian, openly Catholic, openly masculine, and it doesn't seem to have impacted him. Um, do you suppose that that uh, uh, there is an underlying uh, feeling in? I, I know there is in the country for men being men. They like masculine roles. You look at Top Gun. Uh, do, don't you suppose that that Hollywood isn't really risking a lot by by embracing masculinity, embracing femininity, uh, uh, and 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 doing that? Because I, I think America, the American people, don't like this feminization of men. No, not at all. And I I think it's unbelievable what they're doing. I thank God somebody like Mark Wahlberg's coming out. He's one of those super A list actors, you know. Yeah. Um, me, I got canceled by Hollywood 10, 11 years ago. That's why I started Sorbo Studios. Go to SorboStudios.com. I got a wonderful movie coming out in October that I directed called Miracle in East Texas. True story. It's pro-oil. It's pro-capitalist. It's pro-America. It's a true story about the largest oil find in the history of the world. And I'm here to make the climate people go crazy because I think a lot of people aren't educated enough what, uh, what oil does for them. So maybe they should get rid of the cell phone because there's oil in it. Maybe they need to get rid of the computer. Maybe get rid of some of the clothes they wear because there's oil in it. These guys have no idea the number of products that oil produces for them. All they think about, oh, a gas, and you're wrecking the, you know, cars, and you're wrecking the universe and the world. No, actually, we're not. And we need to yeah. look at the other side of that. But let's get in the climate change thing another time. But the reality is um, I'm here trying to do a movie that shows boys need to be boys. If you want to eliminate men, you want to make men more more more, uh, more feminine, I guess, in a way, which they're trying to do. They're trying to make women more masculine. They're trying to bring both sexes together and just form one androgynous society. You eliminate the patriarchy, you're eliminating the human race. The Bible teaches us to honor your father. What does television do? Look at every sitcom. Every sitcom, the dad, the dopey dude, the mom's hot, the teenage kids make fun of dad. They've totally been doing this for decades on sitcoms. And in movies, they do the same thing, certainly with conservatives and people portraying uh, people of faith. They make us look like the idiots and crazy and insane ones when in reality, Hollywood is just doing a mirror of itself. They're the ones that are nuts. You know, Kevin, uh, I've got an 18-year-old daughter, and um, Generation Z, think there's a, a, a shift happening. Uh, millennials kind of, uh, they were the first, I think, fully indoctrinated generation going from uh, from preschool through college with leftist nonsense. And and I, I'm not saying this about all millennials. I'm just saying that many of them were susceptible to it. It became, uh, uh, you know, the way they thought. But, but, but to Gen Z was, they realized that the adults in charge have really bleeped things up. They shut down schools. They destroyed these kids' lives. And my daughter embraces her femininity. She loves it. She loves the fact that her boyfriend of two years, uh, and, and I, you know, honestly, uh, if they got married, eventually I'd be completely thrilled. I, I would love the idea of a high school sweetheart with my daughter. But but they are kind of rejecting this, this nonsense. We talk about all these transgender, you know, BS and whatever. That's just being parroted. It's not being followed. And I think Gen Z is, is beginning to reject that. Uh, um, what do you think about that, Kevin? What do you think about this generation of kids uh, who've been abused by the adults in their lives with all of this woke nonsense? I'm seeing the same thing you are. I'm seeing a lot of that come kickback. I see with my own kids, who are you know, 21, 19, and 17. They, they get it. They totally get it. When they shut down the school, it, was so, it really kind of woke up some of these 
incredibly woke parents that, you know, these parents that are between the ages of, I guess, like 40 and a little bit younger, these ones, like you said, grew up in this craziness of this indoctrination in school, and the schools are continuing to do it. There was a video I saw where a math teacher showed a movie of uh, transgenders, how to become a transgender, and the kids started laughing at it, and the teacher threatened to fail them all if they didn't pay attention to the movie. I go, but you're a math teacher. Teach math. You know, when I was in school, when you were in school, teachers taught what they were paid to be taught. Today's world is crazy. They're telling you not to believe in God. They're telling you to vote for liberals. And why? I don't get it. Everything the liberals do, every liberal city, every Democrat-run city and state, look at the trouble they're in and how horrible it is. And one of the blessings of COVID is two million more families said enough of this using public schools as a babysitting service for their kids. Two million more homes are now homeschooling. Thank God for that. Yeah, uh, we're talking to Kevin Sorbo. The Test of Lionhood is his new book from Brave Books. Kevin, this all started with ADD meds, didn't it? But yeah, <laughs> no question. I think I think it does. You know, the, the pharmaceutical company, uh, all they want to do is keep you on drugs, and then they want you to take more drugs for the side effects of the drugs they put you on that get you know side effects you get. I, you know, I've got friends who visit from other countries, and they say, my gosh, like more than half your commercial on TV are nothing for drugs. And I go, yeah, it never used to be that way, but it sure is now. And everything is owned by Pfizer. That's why these news stations who are being paid by Pfizer advertising are afraid to talk bad about drugs. You know, um, I uh, uh, my my uh, kids, we tried to keep them off those uh, these meds, and 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 I think it was a way, uh, particularly with boys, it was a way for boys to stay focused. Uh, they got rid of recess. Uh, you know, all you really need to do is let boys uh, uh, get out. Um, uh, you know, not sit at a desk and be indoctrinated. And then, unfortunately, uh, we made a lot of zombies out of kids. I said this from the get go, and every time I talked about it, trust me, Kevin, I would get people calling me, and this started when I was in Minneapolis. I said, ADD meds, are you out of your mind? Uh, you know, um, what, what are you doing? And and I would get calls, you know, and pe- moms would say, but my kid needs it, my kid needs it. And maybe some some kids do need uh, uh, some meds. There are some, some uh, 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 you know, things that happen with the brain. I, I experienced mild depression. Um, the amazing thing that my depression, it, it, it ended when I stopped drinking. Isn't that kind of weird, Kevin? Um, but, but, but ADD meds and a lot of ADHD, Kevin, ADD, it's attention deficit disorder. I've always said that kid, people who can sit and read a book for eight hours have attention surplus syndrome. Uh, so you can have ADD. Uh, I can have ADD, but you're an ass. Um, and so I think it all started there. And then, and you also said, absolutely, this uh, emasculation of men on television. But I think people are beginning to reject it. Like I said, Tom Cruise, biggest movie in history, 40 years after the debut, they do a sequel. <laughs> 40 years, Kevin, you know, and it's the number one. So I think I think the tide is beginning to turn on this. We have many hurdles. We have, like I used to, like I like to say, many tribulations to go through in the meantime. But I believe all of this, all of this uh, house of cards that's been built by leftists and radicals is is beginning to crumble. It is. And I, since you mentioned Tom Cruise, the movie, that's the perfect segue for me. My movie coming out in October is called Miracle in East Texas. I directed it as well. People can go to SorboStudios.com, SorboStudios.com, buy tickets now. We're doing a Fathom event. Fathom puts movies out in a different way, and independent movies like mine, we don't have a $100 million budget to put it on 4,000 screens. So we need word of mouth to make this work, and people will love this movie. People, Families are looking for PG-rated movies. It's a true story about 
Two con men right in the heart of the Depression in 1930 would woo widows out of their money on fake oil wells through Oklahoma and Texas. They strike oil in Texas, the largest oil fund in the history of the world. It's an amazing movie. I, I'm in it along with Lou Gossett Jr. We got John Rathbone. We got Tucker Main. We got Sam Sorba. My wife's in it. And uh, please go there and check out this movie. We need to fill up those screens right now. This is a great family movie. I get stopped all the time and say, hey, we love God's Not Dead. What is Soul Surfer? Let to be light. You got something like that? And I go, yeah, there's one just like it that's even better. So please check it out. Yeah. And you're kind of following uh, uh, the, the example, you know, A Voice of Freedom. Look at that movie. Look at the phenomenal success of that movie because people are looking for the truth. And, and I went to, that was the, Kevin, that was the first movie I went to theaters to see in six years. And, yeah, and I think, I love it, man. I love what you're doing, because you are, you are fighting against a, a Hollywood uh, establishment that is putting you down. But I'm going to tell you, content providers like you, we're going to win. And, and I think you could follow that template, and I hope you do, and I, and I hope it works for you. I will go see your movie, Kevin. But, but Voices of Freedom, when you saw that happen, that had to give you a, a, a good feeling about the country and what people want to watch. Well, you know, I think what spurred the movie on is that I'm, I'm looking, I know, I know Jim Caviezel well. We had the same manager for many years, and we were neighbors in California up until I left five years ago to move to the free state of Florida. And, uh, you know, I saw, he, he, they shot that movie five years ago. So I, he showed me the movie, and I said, this is a great movie. I mean, it's, it's a heavy subject to go with, but it's a great movie. And then what does Hollywood do? They attack it. Hollywood openly admits that they're all for child sex trafficking by, by bashing this movie. So wow. that really made other people angry. And they said, you know what? We're going to support this. And that's what happened. It just spurred that movie to keep going on and on smart. But you look, you look at, you mentioned about truth, that people, Hollywood, Hollywood doesn't like truth. I mean, you got a generation, a confused generation now of young men are so much easier to control than the truth-seeking generation of men, right? Hollywood struggles with that's why they reject people like me who stand up for my Christian and conservative beliefs. Hollywood booted me out over 10 years ago. I'm the first cancel culture victim before that became a term. They said, we can't work with you anymore because you're a Christian and a conservative. And I laughed. And I said, you guys scream for tolerance, but the tolerance of them is a one-way street. And freedom of speech, if you disagree with them, you're just going to get attacked. And, you know, as well as I do, we're losing freedom of speech every day in this country. Uh, but I think uh, I think that we have a great awakening happening in this country, an awakening yeah. of common sense, an awakening of faith, and they're realizing that everything that the Democrat Party is promising is a lie and always has been a lie. So I'm very optimistic about it. Kevin, I appreciate you being on me. Tell me again how we get tickets to your movie and, uh, and the test of lionhood, uh, where we can get that as well, sir. The book, go right now to BrayBooks.com. You can sign up BrayBooks.com. And then um, you, right there, you can subscribe to the Freedom Island Club. You'll get my book for free, and they get a new book every month. These are great for kids, boys and girls, 4 to 12 years old. And then my movie, Miracle in Texas, go to SorboStudios.com. That's SorboStudios.com. Get your tickets now. Pass it on to 10 people. You know, tell us 10 people to pass it on to 10 people. Power of 10. That's what I'm doing here. Same thing Freedom did. Freedom said, hey. Pass it along. Move it. And let people know about this movie. So please jump on board and watch this amazing family movie. All right, Kevin, I appreciate your time today. We'll have you on again very soon. In the meantime, have a glorious weekend with your family. You too. Thank you. All right, let's take a break. This is The Rob Carson Show. That is not an EV. It is a Thursday before uh, Labor Day weekend. Holy cow, can you believe it? I would imagine 
that a good share of you are already taking off the uh, weekend. <laughs> I would just imagine that's generally how it happens is people will uh, take an extended weekend uh, on this weekend. I will be taking Monday off. I believe we're doing a best of show. Because uh, I just got, I have a lot of things I need to do around here. I need to get kind of get caught up on a lot of things. I'm also debating whether to move my my broadcast facility to another room in the house. We'll see what happens. Um, and I'm going to be uh, taking some time off the end of next month. Uh, and I'll just share my uh, sister and I. I have a younger sister. She's two years younger than me. And we have not um, been able to spend uh, time together. And we haven't gone on a vacation with like each other since we were in high school and so uh, we are going to I'm going to meet her in South Dakota and at the end of the month we are just going to drive west to uh, Mount Rushmore uh, to the Black Hills and uh, just spend some time with each other uh, my daughter my, my sister and I endured a lot of things when I was a kid when we were children uh, had some very very rough 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 moments and um uh, our mom passed away about two years ago, and this is going to be a real opportunity for us to just kind of reconnect and uh, and uh, maybe even leave some stuff behind us. Maybe even leave some stuff behind us. So I'm really looking forward to uh, to that. I can't tell you how much I'm looking forward to it. Oliver Anthony, uh, this is the Freedom Rock of uh, of uh, 2023. This is the stuff of revolution. His his song, Richmond North of Richmond, uh, reached across uh, race lines and and uh, has been downloaded millions of times. Check this out, Oliver Anthony. Uh, he uh, went from zero to number one on the Billboard charts, and here he is yesterday. This is him talking to uh, uh, to Joe Rogan. Did you realize that he had never? done a paid live performance i'm not the guy that can play in front of twelve thousand people on guitar i would be like i mean i had never played a paid gig when we when we played the show at the farm market where jamie johnson showed up that was my first paid gig like i'm not a guy to go wow. out and play live shows but wow. i can tell you i was so like um i was just so at peace being up there like it just felt like that's where i was supposed to be and that and with all of this it has been like there's no way that Chris from six months ago could handle what's gone on the last two weeks, but I feel just so empowered from all of it. And um, it's pretty big, and, and it has Democrats quaking in their boots. That's why they're going after him. And there's this new uh, faux rap song featuring the AI generated uh, voice of Don uh, Donald Trump, High Res the rapper, uh, who describes himself as a radical freedom extremist released the song August 25th. Guess what? This song, this song has been uh, viewed, It's a, there's a video with it, uh, uh, and is shot to uh, number two on the hip-hop hip hop charts. Okay, so this is kind of a gauge, I guess, of black music culture. I want you to listen to this real quick. If you're not into rap, you know, ain't no thing, but listen to this. It's written as a Modern hip hop artists would sing a song with the language and everything, but Donald Trump singing number two on the hip hop charts. I want to go to LA. Well, shout out Patriot J, Benny Johnson, Big Bongino, Alex Jones, free my dogs and lock up the radical left's gone crazy. 
<laughs> I don't bail, I don't bail, I won't see inside a cell. Shout out Thugger, free my slime, slap, slap, YSL. They tryna lock me up, but I'm plugged in in ATL. Got homies doing life in jail, they living in hell. These DAs acting silly, my mugshot is worth a billy. So some merchant made a milli, shout me milli out in Philly. Shout the baby, shout the Sosa, Benny now, Butcher. This should Dem scare the hell out of Democrats. That This song would go to number two on the hip-hop charts. I'll try to share a little more next hour. Let's take a break. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Show. It is hour number three of the Rob Carson Show. Here's the number, guys. It's 800-922-6680. 800-922-6680. Last weekend of summer. Where'd that go? Where'd that go? And despite the uh, in a global climate change destroying the world, uh, it's supposed to be lovely where I live and also at our anchor station, WCBM in Baltimore. A lovely weekend. I know. It's really weird. It's like uh, maybe they're just using uh, remote uh, weather events to further a political, uh, uh, you know, uh, idea of climate change. Doesn't, doesn't work so well. Uh, a lot of stuff on the uh, on the plate this hour, including uh, uh, Hunter flew a lot of times on Air Force Two. We have a new word that uh, apparently there were a lot of emails, a thousand emails between the office of the vice president and Hunter Biden, one of his companies. Uh, that's come out. Uh, Dan Bongino says there's more speculation about the cocaine in the White House. You know, Hunter Biden lived at the White House for two weeks, <clears throat> apparently two weeks. And in that time, they found cocaine. But he's saying it could be somebody else. Could be somebody else. So uh, all of that. Up and if I get to it, I've got a little uh, Trump audio. He uh, he interviewed with Glenn Beck yesterday. Not like he interviewed with Glenn Beck. It's like, yeah, hello, I'm Glenn Beck. Yeah, uh, what makes you think you're qualified position for this position? Well, I was the president for four years and a captain of industry for forty. So there. No, it isn't anything like that. But I think you will uh, <clears throat> you'll like it. Uh, but all of that, I, I haven't had a chance to dig into uh, this. Uh, it was forwarded to me by Ken, my awesome producer. Uh, Judicial Watch records show the Biden Justice Department set up an unprecedented apparatus to target January the 6th protesters. Uh, this is fairly obvious. Um, the January the 6th protesters have been overpunished, overcharged, oversentenced. Um, and uh, we also know that if this is such a, if this is such a, uh, a massive uh, uh, attempted takeover of the country. Why was nobody armed? Uh, why have they not been honest about <clears throat> all the video? Why have they not been open about how many federal agents were involved in it? Why were so many people let into the building, among other things? And why was there no damage to the interior of the building? This, as uh, Joe Biggs, uh, has just been sentenced to 16 years in prison. Uh, I don't know Joe very well. I was a part of a, uh, a group of, uh, of uh, content providers on a, uh, uh, it was a conservative uh, website. Um, it was the one that was shut down by Facebook. I think I told you this. I, had, uh, I was on with 29 uh, Facebook sites, uh, 19 million followers, and on October 31st of 2018, uh, they shut it down. They shut down all of them. 
the guy who uh, put the thing together, his name is Terry Littlepage. He had invested $250,000 of his own money for reach because at that time you could boost things and suddenly Facebook... <clears throat> became a an apparatus for the federal government, the deep state, and the Democrat Party, and killed off all of those uh, content producers. And they uh, they did that as part of this massive cabal uh, that is being uncovered with regard to <clears throat> censorship. And they're and they're going to try and do it again. But uh, but Joe has been sentenced apparently to 16 years in prison despite uh, despite begging uh, that he has a, a child that he needs to look after and that child will grow up without him. Hopefully this will be appealed and uh, and when all is said and done, those who have used the legal system to destroy the lives of people will uh, will pay for it. People like Merrick Garland will be exposed for the political tools they are. And I'm going to tell you, as soon as a government. <clears throat> takes its legal system and weaponizes against its political enemies, that's the end of uh, not democracy. That's the end of civility and governance. And uh, I don't think it's going to last. I don't. I think the American people are very awake to this. And uh, and the more they do this, the more that uh, the American people are realizing. And, and I do believe, as I've said before, you got four indictments <clears throat> against Donald Trump. And uh, and I believe that uh, uh, he, if he is convicted on one count, um, then uh, uh, what they want to do, and what I've heard is they want to get one guilty uh uh, guilty count, so going into the election, he'll be a convicted felon. I hate to tell you this. If the mugshot didn't do it, <clears throat> if the four indictments alone didn't do it, if the two impeachments alone didn't do it, uh, this isn't going to do it. So nice wishful thinking. How about this? How about you come up with uh, policies that don't suck? And how about you not uh, destroy the damned country? And how about not selling out the country to our enemies. How about all those things, Democrat Party? I'm going to tell you, I believe that the end is nigh for this Democrat Party. Uh, they're either going to have to fix themselves, they're going to have to, uh, the, the good people who are Democrats in the country are going to have to raise enough hell that they change, or the party just goes bye-bye, or just becomes so irrelevant it's not even funny. And I think we're really, really, really on the way to that right now because uh, it's very clear uh, when you're down with things like uh, transgender surgery from children when you're into the CRT making kids hate each other, saying there's a race war, burning down America's cities, opening our southern border, flooding our southern border, watching uh, uh, Democrat cities collapse because they were stupid enough to believe that defunding the police would be a good thing. All of those things. I think that a lot of people who have been Democrats their whole lives are ready to unhitch from the Democrat Party, particularly people of color. Absolutely 1,000%. Uh, I'm going to get to uh, more uh, allegations. Apparently the House is uh, alleging that, that Hunter Biden used Air Force Two as his own private jet. So Hunter Biden, even though he's a crack addict, uh, addicted uh, prostitute monger, uh, had a private jet, and it was paid for by you and me so he could hustle money for his old man and his family. Let's first go to Greg in New Hampshire. Hello, Greg. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's on your mind today? How you doing, Rob? I'm glorious, glorious. Uh, well, you're talking about the January 6th thing there a little bit, and I've, I've wanted to get this off my mind for a long time. You know, I think it's probably both parties, but the January 6th thing was pretty bad. 
and there's people that did things that probably they shouldn't have. But I think it was more a setup than anything else. Of course it was. And and when those people walked into their house to protest that election, and they're they're getting all this, all they're 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 getting sentences that are way way too heavy for what they did. Yeah, they might have broke a few windows and all that stuff. There was a there was a lady there that served our country that got killed. I know she got murdered. murdered. Yeah. Yeah. And oh. all on both parties, they they ran out of that building like a bunch of rats when you turn the light on. Yeah. Well, Greg, you'll you'll notice, and I, the one thing that I've said first, the, the day that it happened, I said that I hoped it was going to be a peaceful Berlin Wall moment, that our uh, legislators would listen to the people who had questions about the election, at least listen, send it back to the states. <clears throat> Not going to get into a debate about that. Excuse me. <clears throat> But uh, but if this were an insurrection, and by the way, I've got a couple articles here that I saved um, from when it happened. Um, the FBI actually admitting that it wasn't here. They are uh, do, 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 do. FBI confirms there's no insurrection. Um, uh, the January the sixth. This article was uh, uh, from. Uh, I'm trying to think where this is. Uh, I don't have it in front of me. Uh, here's another one. FBI finds scant evidence. U.S. Capitol attack was coordinated. Uh, that's Newsmax. No, that's Reuters. Re- not Newsmax. Reuters. FBI has found scant evidence the January the 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol was a result of an organized plot to overturn the presidential election. That came out August 20th of 2021. I said the day after, I said January the 7th, that it seemed to me it was a Reichstag moment. And the reason why I say that is because if this were, in fact, an insurrection and you wanted to overthrow the government, don't you suppose they could have gotten in? weapons, taken uh, uh, legislators hostage to overthrow the government, and burn down the place. But it never did. The more and more video that we see inside the building, it was moms and dads. It was people uh, standing within the velvet ropes. There were a couple of uh, people who went in. One of them sat behind Nancy Pelosi's desk and put his feet up on it. Uh, Oh my God, what a horrible, horrible crime. We know that uh, the guy who was supposedly the the shaman, the uh, QAnon shaman, he was let into the uh, the Senate uh, well, and he went up uh, to the to the podium and he gave a prayer for the police officers. He was let in by the police, but uh, it's always been a sham, Greg. And and if you don't believe that, then look at the number of people, January the sixth protesters, who are languishing in a D.C. jail for now pushing nine hundred days without a trial. Greg, that is a Bastille. I've said that. That is a Bastille. Go ahead. We, we, we have a, a, a lawyer here in New Hampshire that's moved in. I've been a lifelong resident. He's, he's moved in over, I don't know how many years ago, um, and he ran for office, didn't, didn't get office. But he's, he's him and a bunch of his lawyer friends uh, talking something about the 14th Amendment. And they're trying to twist the, the Constitution into a pretzel so that yes. they can keep Trump off the ballot. And it's I know, that's that guy. I saw him on that, what was on Newsmax the other night, Rob Schmidt. His, his nickname is Corky. All right. Yeah. Uh, I I saw that, and they're also trying this. Uh, Katie Hobbs, uh, um, attorney general in in uh, Arizona, is uh, is attempting this as well. Uh, they are attempting to remove uh, Donald Trump from the ballot. I'm going to tell you right now, 
that if if uh, any AG in any state attempts to take Donald Trump off the ballot, there will be hell to pay. People will take the streets on this. All right, people will. Uh, I'm not saying violent, but they will become ungovernable. That can't happen. That can't happen. Uh, but who knows? I, I mentioned this, Greg. The Democrat Party will do anything to keep Donald Trump out of office. They will. So I like to tell people, be ready for anything, but pursue it as a peaceful Berlin Wall moment. Because sooner or later, all of this is hitting the fan. And I have a very good feeling that Joe Biden is going down very, very soon. As far as that doofus in New Hampshire, uh, he doesn't hold any sway. If I'm not mistaken, I think your governor already poo-pooed that guy. Uh, But I appreciate that. Have you heard anything else about that, sir? No, I haven't. I haven't. It, it, uh, um, the what is it? The AG, the head of head of the they they they're they're going to look it over, I guess. Yeah, what would you what would you do, Greg? Let me ask you as a as a resident of New Hampshire. And by the way, I love the state. I really enjoyed uh, coming up and broadcasting for many media studios and and yeah, meeting want, everybody and seeing I Concord. Wanted, oh. I wanted to meet you. I couldn't, but I wanted to meet you. I've been hey. I've been listening to you, uh, and I've been watching your podcast since you started on Newsmax. Brother, I, I appreciate that. And I got to tell you, I love uh, I love Concord. It's a beautiful, quaint little capital city. Uh, and I and I enjoyed my time there. But what would happen, do you think, in New Hampshire, if somebody decided to take Donald Trump, the ability to choose Donald Trump as your presidential candidate was removed from the ballot? He'd, he'd still win on a write-in. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. All right, bro. Hey, man, next time I'm there, I hope we can do a uh, an assembly. We can get together and have lots of uh, listeners come in and, and hang out, do an entertaining show for you guys. I'd really yeah, enjoy I'd, that. I'd appreciate, yeah, I'd appreciate that. I, All right, brother. I, have, a, have a great weekend, okay? Yeah, you too. All right. This is, uh, this is uh, State Senator uh, Colton Moore talking about, and a lot of people are saying civil war. We're not going to have a civil war. I don't believe we're going to have a civil war. And the reason being is that it's not going to be half of the country against half of the country. It's going to be two-thirds of the country versus uh, about 25% of the country who are either in charge or so radically left that they want to take down Donald Trump at any cost. Uh, 74, well, I just saw a new, a new survey today. The upper 60s percent of uh, Americans believe the country is heading in the wrong direction. I believe those people will unite to save the country. And the other smaller percent, uh, they will attempt to do anything they can to prevent Donald Trump from being the president. And I think ultimately that will fail. I do. Uh, and I'll also say that... Um, most of the military is not behind Joe Biden because of what he did in Afghanistan. Most uh, average citizens aren't behind uh, Joe Biden. I said John. It, it meant uh, Joe Biden. Um, vets, um, active duty, are not behind Joe Biden because they know what a uh, an anti-military person he is and what he did to our Afghan veterans and Gold Star families. Uh, plus, also, you know, a great number of conservatives are uh, are uh, military vets. Veterans, uh, and also conservatives have about a half a billion firearms. So uh, I think all of that stands in the way of the possibility of a civil war. 
but uh, but I think that they will try everything in the meantime. And, and very strange things are going to be happening, and, and we need to do our level best to keep a clear head and stay positive among all of it. I do have that audio from uh, the Georgia senator coming up. Also, um, the, uh, the trips that Joe Biden took with Hunter to the countries where Joe Biden and his family got all sorts of money, including China, that's on the way. This is the Rob Carson Show. I mean, you know, I I told one senator, I said, listen, I said, we've got to put our heads together and figure this out. We need to be taking action right now, because if we don't, our constituencies are going to be fighting it in the streets. Do you want a civil war? I don't want a civil war. I don't want to have to draw my rifle. I want to make this problem go away. This is Colton Moore. He is a state senator from Georgia. With my legislative means of doing so. And the first step to getting that done is defunding Fonnie Willis yes. of any Georgia tax dollars. And hopefully Representative Jordan and Representative Biggs will follow suit in Congress and strip her of her federal dollars, too, because she is not upholding her oath to the Constitution. One thousand percent. One thousand percent. And and I don't believe that a civil war is, a, is inevitable because we aren't divided evenly. <clears throat> we may disagree on policy. But there is a radical left group of people who are attempting and have been attempting for years to do a Maoist takeover of the country. And there is a great awakening happening in the country that uh, doesn't want that to happen. Now, I mentioned the other day, and I think it was a brilliant analogy, um, there were two great revolutions that happened the first year that I was in radio. One of them was a victory for the people. The other... The people were crushed. It was Tiananmen Square versus Berlin Wall. Uh, Berlin Wall, it's the same thing going on here in the United States. Well, I guess to some degree, the uh, same thing going on in China. There was a censorship of speech. Uh, there was, uh, uh, you know, uh, people unable to afford to live. All of these things, government policies with regard to freedom. I can go on and on and on, seeing what was going on in the rest of the world and saying, why don't we have that here? And the Berlin Wall came down peacefully. Tiananmen Square, same kind of movement, students out, guy stands in front of a tank, stops the tank, world thinks, oh my God, this is going to be great, freedom, 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 then the lights go out, and they murdered everybody. And the United States government still remained in the pants of China, and they still do today, even more so with, uh, with, Donald, uh, with, uh, with Joe Biden in charge. Um, by the way, the House is uh, probing Joe Biden's uh, alleged misuse of Air Force Two. Byron Donalds and Jim Comer are investing, uh, investigating this, and the more that comes out, the more we're going to find out. This is why I don't think that Joe Biden's presidency is long for uh, this world. Uh, then Vice President Biden's use, misuse of Air Force Two and Marine Two is indicative of yet another way which the president has abused his various offices of public trust. Now, this is uh, uh, Jim Comer last night with Greg Kelly. And Greg Kelly had uh, some wonderful footage that showed that uh, Joe Biden was always on uh, leaving Air Force Two, and Hunter Biden was always there to greet him. I take it you've seen this other video of Joe Biden on his vice presidential travels where Hunter doesn't get off the plane in front, but is often waiting in the car. Here's South Korea, 2013. He's coming 
coming down. But by the time he gets to the car, we're really? going to see somebody very familiar. Who is it? It's Hunter. Oh. That is that is undoubtedly Hunter Biden. And this happened throughout the world. It happened in Germany, Italy. We believe mm -hmm. Ukraine as well. Oh, Ukraine. Well, it's obvious that he was trying to hide the fact that his son was traveling with him. Uh, what I think we're going to find is that many of these countries where the Bidens were receiving millions and millions of dollars through their shell companies uh, were the countries where Hunter Biden was traveling on Air Force Two with his father. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's becoming very obvious. Um, the amazing thing about uh, about what's going on here is China was able to get away with crushing a revolution. Uh, Russia was not able to stop one. Neither country had the First Amendment uh, backed up by the Second Amendment. So we will see. Coming up, uh, Dan Bongino on cocaine in the White House and a lacrosse coach woman uh, was uh, out, was forced to kowtow, and uh, she said, no, men should not compete with women in sports. That's on the way. got a lot of things I want to cover before the end of the show. I would like to get to this Oberlin College women's lacrosse coach who had her uh, students turned on her uh, because of uh, woke nonsense because she commented on, uh, on a, a man competing with women. And what she went through is, is classic Chinese Maoist uh, kowtowing, uh, had her career nearly wrecked, uh, and she has refused to uh, be silenced. And she's a very brave person considering what she's been through. I would be remiss if I didn't mention this 12-year-old uh, kid who had a uh, patch on his uh, backpack, the Gazden flag, which the Democrats have done their level best to try to make into a racist symbol. You know why? Because they hate frickin' America. They hate America is founded. They say it's racist, the whole deal. And, and they, they thought that this actually uh, was resonating with everyone. You know, they got rid of uh, the Confederate flag. I've never been a big fan of the Confederate flag, but I know a lot of people uh, have the Confederate flag. It's not because they hate black people. Uh, it's because it is a, it is a uh, rebellious um, kind of a, a bleep you to the federal government. <clears throat> That's it. I'm not going to get into argument about the Confederate flag. Okay, we didn't need to take the Confederate flag off the General Lee. Whatever. Like I said, not a big fan. Don't like it. Wouldn't have it on my vehicle. Whatever. But the Gasden flag was designed by a South Carolina soldier, Christopher Gasden, in the mid-1770s, and it was a message to the Royal, uh, the British Crown, that if you step on me, I'm going to bite your ass. That's what it was. And there was one point where it was actually, uh, they took the, the uh, serpent and they divided it into 13 colonies. So uh, this, this little boy, his name is Jaden. He goes to school. He is called into the principal's office. And uh, the, the, the vice principal proceeds to tell him that it's racist. And his mom was there. And his mom's doing a great job of teaching uh, little, uh, little Jaden that, uh, you know, hey, what? The, the Gasden flag is not racist. And how dare you try to erase the Gasden flag for political purposes. Here is a little bit from the meeting with the vice principal. Due to its origins with the slavery and slave trade, that is what was... Um, so she says it's, uh, it's about slavery and the slave trade. She's an ignoramus. Reasoning behind them. The bag can't go back. It's got a patch on it because we can't have that 
in and around other kids. Yeah, it has nothing to do with slavery. That's like the revolutionary war patch that was okay. enslaved when they were fighting the British. We're following district policy. Oh, we're, we're following we're district doing. policies. District policies. Well, guess what? They're letting him have it on his uh, backpack. And here is this little guy. He is, uh, like I said, tw he's 12 years old. And here he is uh, with a social media post last night. He was on with Eric Bowling last night, by the way. Here he is with a social media post for all of the, uh, the administrative bullies. And by the way, the teachers weren't too happy about it. Hey, guys. Um, today was a good day. Kind of. When I got to school, the kids were really hyped up because um, they saw me on Twitter and Kids are putting don't tread on me on their locker, well, at least. Um, kids are putting don't tread on me on their locker. We made friends because uh, I'm big on Twitter, and now they like me all of a sudden. Yeah, all of his friends like him all of a sudden. <laughs> but the teachers, on the other hand, I got some dirty looks. That's you got a lot of dirty looks from the teachers. That's fantastic. Sure. Um, I, they're definitely not happy with me. But other than that, it was pretty good. Um, I was on the Charlie Kirk show, and Ben Shapiro had me. It was a really good day, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. It was a really good day. I'd say it was a really big uh, good day that he suddenly became popular in school because it gave the teachers and the administrators a little what fur. I think that is spectacular. Dan Bongino. <clears throat> who I've known for a, a number of years, I knew, and pardon the voice, it's like I ate dairy or something. I'm, I'm going to have it looked at. I think it's allergies or my, maybe the leftovers of COVID. Uh, Dan Bongino, you know, was a Secret Service agent. I got to know Dan when he was running for office in Maryland. Uh, I was one of the first people to have him on the radio in Maryland uh, back when I worked at uh, weekends on WMAL. Um, and he, he knows a lot of people who know people because he's a Secret Service agent. He's also just, I mean, if you knew, his meteoric rise is, is remarkable. He's a, a remarkable man. But here he is uh, with the latest that he has heard. And I would listen to Dan Bongino. Uh, here he is talking about uh, what exactly happened inside the White House. And he says the cocaine that was left in the White House maybe was not left there for Hunter. Kim Cheadle is a uh, confidant of the Biden team. I'm not knocking her. I'm, I don't know if she's a good person, bad person. I don't know her. Uh, Kim Cheadle must act. She has to reopen this investigation immediately or she has to resign. Now, that is the head of the Secret Service, Kim Cheadle. Can't stay in her position. There are just two takeaways. It may not be Hunter. It may be another family member. And second, I'm kind of doubting that. Oak there may not have been an accident. It may have been a drop-off, like a Coke uh, door dash, if you know what I mean. Well, that's, that's what I said. And that's what I said uh, weeks ago. I said it, it kind of sounds like the, the Coke was left there for somebody. Because nobody walks in with cocaine, leaves it in the cubby. Unless they're leaving it for somebody. And nobody already in the White House has a bag of cocaine that they would put in a, uh, in a cubby. So I'm kind of leaning toward, obviously, the uh, cocaine being left in the cubby for somebody in the White House. And I'm not letting go of this one either, by the way. Not going to let go of this one. Because for the first time in the history of the country, while a coke-addled son of the president, first son was living in the White House. They find Coke. Um, duh. Remember when I told you about uh, common sense making a comeback? I think the American people, even though, you know, you, you can't say that it was Hunter Biden's Coke. Well, I didn't say it was. I just said Hunter Biden was living in the White House. He's a well-known Coke addict. He was kicked out of the military for cocaine use. 
They tried to give him a sweetheart deal because he lied on a gun form, a gun purchase form, federal gun purchase form, about uh, saying he wasn't doing coke, even though he was high on crack most of the time then. We have copious evidence that not only did he did he have cocaine, but he bought cocaine. He even has pictures of him weighing crack cocaine in a hotel room with some prostitutes. All right? So it's not much of a stretch to say, hey, maybe the cocaine is there at the same time Hunter lived there because Hunter's a cocaine addict. I don't know. I know it's kind of a stretch. Maybe I'm really... That's conspiracy theory, right? Isn't that kind of con- con- conspiracy theory? <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, also, I want to mention this because we haven't uh, spent a lot of time. Let me see if I can find it. Hold on one second. I got it here. I got it here. I got it here. I got it here. Uh, I just misplaced the story I was going to have. Um, the uh, the chef, the executive chef, Obama's executive chef, who was uh, who was found dead after paddleboarding. A good deal of questions with regard to that. Apparently, they they searched for the body. They found the body using sonar. There are a lot of uh, questions about this. Uh, I immediately kind of had a feeling about it. I don't know. I don't know. But Tucker Carlson went there. Now, I don't know if this is related to this uh, executive chef, but Tucker Carlson is more plugged in than I will ever be to Washington, D.C., because he, he lived there most of his life. He knows everybody. He has been probably a part of the cocktail set. He certainly is part a political insider in Washington, D.C. And so he knows and will know. <clears throat> he will know more than I ever know about happen- of what's happening in Washington, D.C. And here is what he had to say about Barack Obama. Uh, and this was uh, covered up by the media, allegedly, according to Tucker Carlson. And again, He's very much a D.C. insider. He's interviewed everybody, including the man who's making claims about the former president. You know, everybody I knew, the world I lived in, in Northwest D.C., like everyone works either directly for the government or is a a parasite on government effectively, including people I love and know really well. And the media is, too, by the way. I mean, the media is reporting on government, but it's also dependent on government. You know, in 2008, it became really clear that Barack Obama had been having sex with men. What? And smoking crack. What? And a guy came forward, Larry Sinclair, and said, I'll sign an affidavit. And he did. I'll take a lie detector. And he did. I smoked crack with Barack Obama and had sex with him. Well, that was obviously true. Nobody reported it, not because they were squeamish about sex or drugs, but because the Obama campaign said anyone who reports on this gets no access to the Obama campaign. Oh. And so they didn't report on it. So that happens. That's just one small example, but that happens all the time with lots of different issues. Now, and do you, do you believe that transpired, or do you believe the guy is legitimate, or both? By the way, that's an interview with uh, Adam Carolla. I shared some of that yesterday. Oh, the Larry Sinclair story? Oh, that definitely happened. Oh, for sure. I mean, I've talked to Larry Sinclair about it, and oh, definitely it happened. I mean, if you, Larry Sinclair's been in and out of prison. During one period, I mean, you know, 40 years ago, he was in and out of prison. He's got a criminal record by definition. He's, you know, poor. Uh, He's got a disordered life. He's missing a tooth. Like, he's not, you know, an Atlantic fellow. Um, He's not going to the Aspen Ideas Festival. (laughs) I think he has a record of deception. Obviously, he does. But this story, if you listen to it in detail, is clearly true. I mean, there's just... I mean, I'm going to do an interview with him and you can hear it. And again, it's not going to change the world that Barack Obama likes dudes. 
I think this was well known. Barack Obama wow. said so himself in a letter to his girlfriend. Oh, yeah, there's that. And by the way, that's kind of Barack Obama's business. I'm not attacking him for, for liking dudes. I'm just saying the amount of lying in the media about it was unbelievable. Like people knew this was true. And it was quite obviously true at the time. And people who covered the campaign didn't say anything about it because they didn't want to lose access to the campaign. And and that happens all the time up and down government. So it's it's almost like if you have a housekeeper, you think, oh, you know, she works for me. But if you have a housekeeper long enough, you realize, well, you actually work for her. And you get caught up in her dramas. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. th there's a weird dynamic where you, you switch places. That's kind of interesting. I, you know, I'm not going to uh, speculate. I don't do, I hate the words conspiracy theory, because the left has uh, attempted to call truth conspiracy theory uh, when I was denying the Russia collusion hoax, which was, you know, obviously proven to be a hoax while that was happening. Uh, people were saying, well, that's a conspiracy theory. Uh, if you say that the vaccine wasn't effective, which is true, uh, that's a conspiracy theory. When you say, uh, you know, uh, global warming is a hoax, then they say it's a conspiracy. You know, see what I mean? So I don't like using conspiracy theory. But clearly there's something going on with the drowning of Obama chef Takari, Tafari Campbell. All right? So uh, Tafari Campbell is here. I don't know. I don't know. You, you, you put your two and two together. All right? Uh, I, don't, I don't like the salacious stuff, but you put your two and two together. Because here's what happens when you're not truthful. People begin to question. Uh, people begin to doubt. And there are a lot of questions and doubt that we have. I remember when Barack Obama was running for president. You, you uh, Gen Zers won't remember this. Do you know what Barack Obama's middle name is? Do you know what it is? Come on, real quick. Gen Z, anybody know? Probably don't. Barack Hussein Obama. Now, when he was running for president, Rush Limbaugh said his name is Hussein Obama. And he got heat for saying Barack Obama's middle name. We all knew that Barack Obama was a radical leftist. We all knew that Barack Obama started his political campaign in the living room of uh, Bill Ayers and Bernadine Dorn. We know that he is a Saul Alinskyite. All of these things. But you couldn't say his middle name because, you know, Saddam Hussein, the whole deal. You couldn't say it. There were things you couldn't say. You couldn't say, you know, the, 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 the thing about Barack Obama being born in Africa, whatever. I'm not going to get into it. I have my own opinions on it. You got your own opinions on it. Uh, half of the, uh, the, uh, the argument has been uh, told to shut up. And that, you know, whatever. I don't even care. But you got to kind of wonder why police in Massachusetts are continuing to cover up information about the death of Tafari Campbell. All right? A lot of things going on there. 45-year-old death, officially ruled accidental drowning. All right? That's what they say. Official accidental drowning. A lot of questions, though. Uh, for instance, they, they couldn't find his body. They had to use a sonar. His clothes weren't with him. Uh, it, there, there are a lot of oddities around this. Uh, Tom Fitton of Judicial Watch has, has asked questions like, who was the witness who was uh, paddle boarding with him? Why do we not know this? It wasn't it his wife, so who was it? Who was it? This is what happens when you don't answer questions. People begin to question. People begin to put two and two together. I'm not saying there is a two and two to put together on this one. I would say there's certainly a two and two to put together with the Maui cover-up. I also kind of wonder why Barack Obama, who grew up in Hawaii, hasn't said a thing about it.
Don't you find a, kind of find that a little strange? Is it he, that he's just unplugged? Is the reason why he doesn't talk about all of the murders of children in Chicago and the black-on-black violence? Is it, is it because he is uh, uh, trying to distance himself from it? Is, is it because he, he thinks he's above it or doesn't care about it? I would say most probably. As far as the Maui fire, uh, who knows? Let's go ahead and take a break, come back, wrap things up. A little lighter stuff on the other side. This is The Rob Carson Show. I don't think I'm going to get a chance to uh, talk about the Oberlin coach. I'm going to save that for tomorrow. It's a it's a fascinating story. Um, the uh, coach of uh, Kim Russell is her name, and she's the uh, uh, lacrosse coach at Oberlin. And uh, she commented about uh, Leah Thomas uh, winning uh, the 500 yard uh, 500 yard freestyle. And uh, she tweeted, uh, reposted a tweet, actually, said, congratulations to Emma Wyatt, the real woman who won the NCAA 500-yard freestyle event. Uh, One of my own players took that post and sent it to an email to the athletic director. So that little post is right here. Congratulations to Emma Wyatt, the real woman who won the NCAA 500-yard freestyle event. That's what she did. That's what she posted. And she has gone through at least one year of hell with regard to this. I'll share the audio tomorrow. I want to do an extended break on it. Because when you hear uh, not only what the administration did, which was Maoist, but also that her, her students and her athletes, uh, this is like Lord of the Flies, kind of like Lord of the Flies. Um, I don't even... It meets the Salem Witch Trials. I mean, it really is. It's it's, it's girls probably teenage to maybe early 20s taking no evidence and burning somebody at the stake. And it's just like the Salem Witch Trials. It is. It's just like the Salem Witch Trials meets Lord of the Flies. And uh, people need to be held accountable for this at Oberlin College. When I share the story uh, tomorrow, and this is another thing that I say, uh, we're speaking very loudly with our pocketbooks. Uh, and, and the left has kind of run roughshod over us. Uh, there was another college. I remember um, some uh, students walked out of a bakery. Remember that story? Was that Oberlin? I don't remember the college. Walked out of a uh, wine store or bakery, and the the store owner said, stop, blah, 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 called the police, and they were accused of racism, and the administration went all in to destroy the business, canceled the contracts with the university, the whole deal, even though the the students legitimately stole. And the school, I think it might have been Oberlin, $35 billion. And Oberlin was uh, uh, bitching about it, or whatever college was bitching about it, but they got to do it anyway. In the meantime, before the settlement, the owner of the bakery died. But that's the kind of stuff that's been going on, and hopefully we're beginning a, to turn the tide. We heard there was a woman, I don't have the story right in front of me, whose daughter was being transitioned by the school. She filed a lawsuit and got a $100,000 settlement. 
So I'm, I'm hoping that we are beginning to turn the tide, this in combination with parents speaking out loudly at school board meetings and all of this, will uh, begin to turn the tide on this, this uh, bullying tactic, this uh, Maoist uh, approach to going to people who disagree with the current political narrative, kowtowing, which means uh, profligating yourself before uh, the profligating. It should be more like uh, uh, laying yourself before the committee and begging for forgiveness. That's what I'm trying to say. That's kowtowing. And that's what they wanted this woman at uh, Oberlin to do. She refused to do so. And I'll share this story tomorrow on a Friday edition of this here radio show. Let's take a break, come back, and wrap things up. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. All right, guys, that's going to do it for the show. If you get a chance to uh, share the podcast with others, I'd greatly appreciate it. Go to Newsmax.com slash listen. I uh, hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back with a major Friday edition. In the meantime, uh, be positive. We're going to win. And don't catch the stupid. See you then.